0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's Word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy His Word. So I'm going to jump into the Word. And I really believe this is probably one of the shortest messages ever preached because the message was so direct. You know what I mean? Like, so when God gave him to you, there was no fluff to it. We just getting right at it. Is that okay this morning? And what is, um, what is funny about that is like, okay, well, God, there it is. We just going to say that and we're going to keep it moving. This could be the shortest message in history, but there is no version of this. There is no world where this did not get me excited. Like, every time I try to prepare this message, every time, you know, when you speak, you lay your notes out and then, like, you go over them. But there was no time that I ever went over these notes that it didn't start something with me. I could feel myself getting excited. Like, don't do that when you get up there. When you get up there, be calm because I need for you to be able to get it. So, I need for y'all to sit with me. I know my amen corner is here this morning. Oh. Amen. I'm not going to get worried. We're just going to jump in. Amen. Um, I was I like five and below a whole lot. I'm a big fan of I could live in five and below, right? They have everything. But, you know, it's not five and below anymore. It's like five ish and below. They play. Yes. I like five and below and I like Hobby Lobby in my side of town. They're by each other. Like I can go from one and then like go through a light and get to the other. So I was on one of my five and below trips and I got to the light and I could see that an accident had just happened before I got there. And it had just happened because it was like there was no um, ambulance hadn't arrived yet. Like, it's one of those, and like, people are pulling their cars over to try to help the people in the accident. And I could tell that it was a really bad accident because some of the witnesses that were on the side, I saw, like, an older lady just praying, uh, you know. And I, it's one of those things, like, I don't have a way around this, but I don't want to ride past. Like, it's like, I don't, whatever that is, I don't want to see it. But I didn't have a, you know, a choice I, I had to to go past and I could see quickly through my peripheral because I quickly looked away that there was somebody on the street. And before I could get up to the accident, the ambulance and the EMT had finally arrived. And um, you know, it was making you kind of sit and wait. And I'm watching the EMT and they're getting out of the car. And they're getting their stuff and getting their gear and they're walking over and I got irritated. I got irritated, I, got, I really did because their pace did not match what I was seeing in the, you know what I mean? Because there's, I I can see without trying to look, there is somebody on the ground and your casual lackadaisical way of getting your bag and getting things out of the truck, like how, what? Like, are you serious? But I came up with two, two conclusions on why I think they handled it like that. I think because you're EMT, you're emergency, you're usually a first responder. So you do this all day. You know what I mean? Like you're, this is like something we don't see every day, but you see when you leave this accident, you're going to another one. So it's like, you're kind of callous when it comes to this. Like this is, this isn't as big a deal to you as it is to us because we're not used to this setting. And then the other reason that I came up with is because that person on the ground isn't a value to you. Like that's not your wife. That's not your daughter. That's not your son. Because please believe if it was your wife on the ground, if it was your daughter on the ground, you wouldn't be slow putting that book bag on. You wouldn't have just slowly got out of your truck and hopped and checked on things like that if that was your people on the ground. And I thought about that. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think that that is how we have been approaching this series. I think that we have heard Pastor Wanzel deliver the message about discipleship and that you're a disciple and you're called to discipleship. Your disciples supposed to be making disciples. And I think that we have heard it and we have, mm -hmm, we have taken it in. That's a good word. That's very enlightening. Yes, Pastor Wanzel. And we have slowly gotten out of the vehicle and we are arriving to the scene of this with a very lackadaisical approach. And God sent me here this morning with a very specific and direct message. Go handle my business. Simple as that. Go handle my business. Please tell the person next to you, go handle my business. Go handle, no, see, and I can tell by how you said it that you still don't get it. God scheduled for me to arrive here in this morning to give you the message, go handle my business. Stop slow rolling up to the scene. Stop, stop taking your pace, your stream, your comfort level to what I'm calling you to do. See, you feel like this series has been some type of vote for Jesus campaign. That we're just, yes, we're going to go out and we're going to tell everybody about Jesus and we're going to go make Jesus popular. This is what you've heard as you hear discipleship. When you're called to be a disciple, that means I'm just supposed to go talk about Jesus. And if that is all that you have gotten, you have completely missed the message. And, and I thank God for grace because he, is giving, he has put me here to give you the opportunity to get it again because you cannot afford to miss it. Just telling people about Jesus is relaying information. And you are, you are a witness of Christ Jesus. You are supposed to do that. We are supposed to tell people about the goodness of God. But as a disciple, in discipleship, simply relaying information is not enough. You are called to foster transformation. The scripture said, make disciples. Can, can I get the, the, the scripture up on the, um, on the screen? Do you have that? And let's just go to verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go and make disciples. Not just go and talk about Jesus. Go and make. Now, the word make speaks to process. It speaks to development, synonymous to um, forming, building, molding, make. You have an obligation as a disciple to make disciples. I feel like I'm being redundant because I know that you heard this before, but sometimes I feel like you heard this in a filter differently. Your responsibility is to not just tell them about Jesus. But to make disciples, somehow you're not getting it. You're not getting what we're doing. You want to know how I know you're not getting it? Because there's a facial expression that you have me. See, what it is that we're doing is we are raising up an army. I'm going out and I'm getting another one. I'm telling about Jesus. I'm going out. I'm getting another one. I'm telling about Jesus. And I am raising up an army. We are called to raise up an army so that we can go and execute this mission that God has sent us on. Not just God is good. God bless my life. God save me. No, 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 I'm jumping in them trenches with you because I need for you to learn Jesus like this because we are raising up an army. That is the mission. That is what we're doing in discipleship because there are people of God trapped behind enemy lines. There are God's people that are locked in depression, that are sitting in bondage, and they might be sitting next to you at work every day We have people of God locked behind enemy lines and he wants his children back. And he's sending you in to go get them. Oh, you thought he had just blessed you with that job. No, baby, you are being deployed. Oh, I, I get, you thought that you just happened to get approved for that apartment? No, no, no. He needs you to long-term stay right there on that one because there are people in that unit that got to see him, and he sent you there for it. Discipleship is not just telling them. It's showing them, molding them, making them, displaying it. Oh, y'all thought y'all joined the church. It's truth movement. It's a movement. This is what we do. This is what we are called to do. And guess what? If you are a believer of God, if you are a follower of Christ, if this is the lane that you pick, this is what we do. All day, every day. This is what we do. Pastor Wanzell gave us a, um, a definition for discipleship. Do you have that slide? Do you have that slide? Up? Oh, perfect. The ongoing process of intentionally sharing Jesus with people and then calling them to follow. Yeah. See, the share part was where you got stuck. Because when you got, you got to about your testimony, and you said, I want to tell people about my testimony, and that's me being a disciple. But then it's the calling them to follow. You see? We have an obligation to that part. And see, because we're going into these situations undercover, me just saying, you know what? We're in here, but you can get free right there. And just leaving you there? No. No, you assigned me to this thing, which means I'm modeling for this you every day. I'm speaking to the darkness that is bullying you because you might not have the authority to do so, but I have the authority to do so because that's why he sent me here. He sent me here so I can model this life before you. He sent me you here so I can teach you the way, not just the word, but the way to live the word so that I can be the example, so that you can join this team and follow Jesus. And this is what we do. It does not matter if you want to. This is what you agreed to. It doesn't matter about how you feel about it. When you said that I'm a follower of Christ Jesus, that I crossed over into this team, well, this is what we do. This is not better yet. This is not what we do. This is who we are. That everywhere you go and in every interaction that, they, that you have with me, you should be able to see that I'm different from them. And I want to be a different that makes you want it too. Amen. So I'm going to give us just two, just two little points today. Like I told you, this is probably going to be the shortest message you'll probably ever hear me preach. Just two. In order to be effective in discipleship, you have to know your position. You have to know your position. What does that mean? For those of us who are in the the room, and I I believe that's all of us in the room, we have decided to be followers of Christ. This is why baptism is so um, important because in baptism, I was born into sin. We all were born into sin. So all of this foolishness was my default setting because I was born into this. I had an appetite for it because I'm born into it. Yeah, I have a propensity to lean that way because I was born into this. That makes sense. But then one day I chose Jesus and I decided to die to that and come alive in Christ Jesus in my true identity of who he called me to be, which means that old nature doesn't have a say so over me anymore. Yes, those are things that I used to do. And yes, those are things that I still like to do. And because some, and for some of us this is, is, is new to me, there are things that I still like to do from over there that I can still very much still feel well up in me. But they don't have the authority to call me to them like they used to because you don't run me. And if you don't understand your position, then you can't make the argument to the enemy to let him know you don't run me. But don't get it twisted. I still live in this world. So I think that's where he gets confused, and I think this is where some of us get confused. I still live in this world, but I'm not of this world. So let's be clear. I stay here, but I'm not from here. So the rules that apply to here don't apply to me, and you will handle me as such. And you need to step into every situation that you are dealing with the enemy to know I don't have to do this. Like, yes, I hear the, 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 the temptation, but I don't have to do this. You don't run me. I don't bow to you anymore. I don't dance when you say dance. I don't go when you say go. You don't pull my strings like that no more because you don't have that authority over me. I died to sin, rose again to Christ. You don't have a claim to me. See them out there? You can still run them. You can still run them because they don't know no better. They don't know about the freedom that's available to them. They don't know about the wholeness that's available to them, and they don't know yet. So you still run them, but that's just because they ain't running to me yet. That's good. Because I'm bringing a truth that they don't yet know about. So I got something for that lie you've been telling. And this is why you've been keeping me out of the realm of discipleship, because you know that if I get a hold to their ear, your whole story has to change. Because that's my job. See, they just ain't, and it ain't running to you yet. That's why they still look like they ain't running to you yet. They, they haven't run into you yet. That's what the problem is. But we're on a rescue mission. So guess what? We coming. We coming. And I'm coming with a testimony that cannot be played with. So you can, you can kind of debate with me about the word, but you can't debate with me about my story. So, so so, not only are we coming, we coming with our testimony. Huh? We coming with luggage. <laughs> and it's Louie. <laughs> you can't debate with me. The depression has no argument. Why? Because I've already been victorious over depression. Want to tell you how I did it? That's our job. That addiction, yes, yes, I understand that you are struggling with addiction. But guess what? I got a testimony for that. You want to hear it? We're coming in armed with our testimony, but you have to know your position. Because if you don't know your position when you go in, you will get talked out of it. And then you are useless. Now we got to send somebody in to get the both of you. And the body of Christ is taking too many L's because people ain't standing in their position. We're losing people as we send them in. Because they do not understand their position. We can't, we can't afford the step back. Because souls lie in the balance of what we do. And because this is what we do. Because when, when we died to sin and we came alive in Christ Jesus, I agreed that God, I love what you love. And I hate what you hate. And I will run hard after everything that you send me at. So these people matter to you. See, I'm not the EMT because that's not my family Then I don't have no rush. No, I have a sense of urgency, God, because that's your child. And I don't know when their last day is. So I can't afford to be caught up in my feelings and miss the mission because you sent me to go get your child. But because I was all in my feelings, I missed the mission, felt like you should understand, God, because I got a whole lot going on. He is telling me, Tina, I don't care about that. I didn't send you here for that. I sent you here because she needs me and I sent you to go get it. It's our job to introduce Jesus to the world. Tell your neighbor, let's go. He said, let's handle my business. See, you thought that it was really just like um, informative information all the time. This whole series, you were just being informed. No, honey, you were being activated. You are being called to active duty for the kingdom of God. And it is a everyday mission. Let's get point number two. See, I told you I only have two. Just two, and I'm going to get out your way. Point number two is represent well. Represent well. We struggle with this. We struggle with this. Disciples making disciples. I love that Pastor Onesel put that in that, put that that way. Um, I remind myself of it in that say in those same words daily. God, I am a disciple, and my job is to make disciples. God, be in every interaction that I have today. God, be obvious. God, be in my smile, be in my hug, be in my hello. God, for those who are close enough to me, God, give me opportunity, make room, opportunity for me to be able to bring you up in conversation to display your love. God, open the window for me to do what it is that you called me to do. And for those who are too far away from me to hear my voice, God, let them just see your presence in my coming, in my going, making disciples. But before you can make a disciple. You need to be a disciple. Both Nona and Cody were just up here preaching my whole message. They really were. Because we are image bearers of Christ. We are called to bear his image. We are to be his reflection in the world. That when people see us, they should see our father. The problem is, our life... We should be living a life that points to Jesus. I should look like Jesus. And the life I live before you should point to Jesus. But you want to look like you and point to him. And that junk is confusing. You're confusing the world. You are messing up the message. Because you want to look like you, do you, handle you, but point to Jesus. And that's what we're dealing with. Today, a lot of people are talking to talking about Jesus and cussing you out at the same time, especially like, you know, weepy drunks. You ever see people that get drunk and then they just get emotional. Why do emotional drunk people always go Jesus first? Like they get real holy under the influence. You want to look like you, but point to Jesus. And you are confusing the world. And the problem with that is you are discrediting those of us who are sold out to the mission. You are building the enemy's argument against us. And therefore fortifying the walls that God's people are trapped behind. Guess what? When you decided to do this, your life was no longer your own. You act like you didn't know that when you got into it. You tearfully said it, like, God, for God, I live, for God, I die, Guys, all of you. All of you. You, know, you know the rhetoric that we do. And now he's calling you to it, and he's sending you out to live it, and you confuse the message. You have to be selfless to serve God, because his agenda has to matter more than yours. His people have to matter more than you like we're nodding because we're right here right now. You know what I mean? Like you're not alone and the pressure's not applied. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to stand on it right now because we're all standing together, but I need this to become a sound bite in your head and your spirit. So when Pastor Tina is not standing here repeating this, I need for you to have this to say that God, I choose your will even over mine. I choose your identity even over mine. I don't know if men go through this, but women do. We go through this phase of our life Sometimes we're changing from teenager to adulthood. Sometimes when we're like, it's just different phases of our life. Definitely motherhood. There's a little window where you start to feel like you're losing a little bit of you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really see my identity the, the, the same way. You know? God said, that's because you're supposed to look like me. And I am changing your nature to make you look more like me. But see, because we have a problem with that, we force ourselves to do stuff, just trying to fit into what we think our identity was what it was. Like, I used to go out, I used to have so much fun, I used to get cute, I used to do whatever, so now I feel like I gotta go back and do those things. And God said, no, I took that appetite away. Because I'm molding you to look more like me. I'm gonna give you a new rhythm, I'm gonna give you a new passion, but I gotta get that one out of you first. And you going back and chasing it because you're working so hard to look like you when I'm calling you to look like me. Because discipleship, I want them to follow me, not you. But what's happening is we're going, into, we're going behind prison doors. We're going into the enemy's camp. And then we're sitting down behind the bars, slapping on shackles and telling the prisoners, you can get out that way. It totally defeats the purpose, and it sounds so crazy, but we are doing it every day. And God is saying, go handle my business. God is saying, put your phone down, scrolling on TikTok, watching all type of makeup tutorials and saving recipes and stuff you ain't ever going to cook. And I'm calling you to my word. I'm calling you to look like me, but you can't get out the world. You can't get out the world. You can, you, can feel, you can feel the spirit calling you. He said, come alone to a quiet place with me and I will give you rest. And you can feel him telling you that. And you tell yourself something like, well, let me turn these notifications on my phone so I can spend time with Jesus. And before you know it, you've been scrolling for 45 minutes. I'll stop when I'm lying. But I ain't lying yet. This is the 100% truth. And God is saying, go handle my business. I have called you to discipleship. And I need you to look like me to do it. I worked with level fours. That's all Chantel's laying like now. For expulsions for Orange County Public Schools. Um, on one of the campus of Orange County Public Schools. And you have to put this package together. Do they still have to do that? You have to put this packet together, and it is the evidence of all everything that happened in the incident. So it's like witness statements, um, pictures, if there are pictures, like everything in this um, folder. And I remember we had an issue on campus, and there was a picture on someone's phone that we needed for the packet. And so you gotta make copies of the packet, you gotta have a bunch of them. So they submitted the picture, And we took a picture of the picture and then made the copies for the packet. The problem is that when you sit down to plead your case with this packet, the picture of the picture was a poor image. And because it reflected a poor image, it could not stand against the argument. It wasn't good evidence. So now a penalty that should have been issued could not be issued because The evidence couldn't hold up against the argument. Some of us are failing in the face of the argument because we are a bad image of the original picture. And because we are misrepresenting, the argument is failing. We cannot be evidence of the goodness of God. We cannot be evidence of deliverance. We cannot be evidence of freedom. We cannot be evidence of his provision. We cannot be evidence of his peace because we don't represent well. And we are causing God to lose in the face of the argument. And in case you have not noticed, the enemy has done a really good job of villainizing our God. And he's used his people to do it. God said, go handle my business. I'm ready to close, um, but before I do, let's go to John 17. And this is where I need glasses. John 17, verse 16. You know, I bet this is when the old church started saying, read. I bet that's where that came from. I'm going to make an effort. NIV, chapter 17, verse 16. But let me say this first. Jesus understands that this is not an easy job. Let me give you a big story really fast. So just, try, just lock in because I'm taking you real far, real fast. I'm going to have to paraphrase this to the point of ridiculous in order for you to be able to get it. When God created humanity, he created us in his likeness and his image. He had promise and he had plan for us as humanity. But because Adam and the fall and Adam and Eve, you know, we got introduced to a sin nature. And after that, everything after Adam and Eve was born into sin. Did we get that? Are you able to follow me? So our natural nature is because we were born into this thing and our sin was separating us from God. So they were having to do things, like the priests were having to do things, like find perfect lamb without a spot or a blemish or, thank you, spot, blemish, wrinkle, as a sacrifice to kill it, take its blood and offer it to God so that we could get in right standing with him because the sin had separated us. And just when God was about done with us, Jesus said, just just wait, prepare me a body, I'll go. Prepare me, buddy. I'll go, I'll go intercede for them. I'll show them how to walk this thing out. So our Savior wrapped himself in flesh, came down and downloaded into the womb of Mary, and lived every phase of this thing for us. From baby, teenage, adult, he went through all of those phases and lived it out into ministry before us. And he became the perfect Lamb, the perfect sacrifice. Because we had gotten ourselves so far from Jesus that no, no, a, a regular lamb couldn't cut it. And he came and he became our sacrifice. But when he stepped into ministry, he got himself a crew. A crew of disciples. And he says, stay by me. Y'all run with me and learn how I do it. Run with me and see how I handle situations. Come be by me. See how living this thing out really looks. Because there's going to be a time when I'm gone. But I am putting in you everything that I have so that you can go make disciples. He was the original. And since then, there were just the copies of the copy. He got himself a crew. Y'all are disciples. Now go make some more disciples. Jesus is telling you, I've given you how to do this. I put it in here. I put you in a community to show you how to live this thing out. I've given you your 12. Now I need you to go out and make more. Go out and show them how I do it. Go out and show them how living this thing out, how living this thing looks. And in John chapter 17, verse 16, Jesus is praying to the Father for the disciples and he says they are not of this world as i am not of it sanctify them by the truth of your word every sunday you're coming in here and you're getting truth this is what Jesus sanctify them with the truth as you sent me into this world i have sent them into the world jesus interceded for you already He said they're in this world, but they're not of it. Sanctify them with the truth. Because I'm sending them out. And I don't need hell to be able to have access to them because I'm wrapping them in the truth. So they have an argument for the lie. I need for you to understand the mission. Would you stand to your feet? I need for you to understand the mission. This series has not been happenstance. Discipleship wasn't just something cool. TMC, you have an assignment. This isn't just a church, it's a movement. Jesus. There are people dying every day. That sounds cliche, right? People dying every day. No. There are people that are losing The fight against depression. They are losing the fight against addiction. There are people you wake up and you just think that you're gonna make it to the end of the day, and that's just you did not know when you woke up that this was your last day. And there are people dying behind enemy lines. And God said, They didn't have to die in darkness. Not when I put them on that job with you there. They didn't have to die in darkness. I strategically picked your seven periods to make sure that you were in the room with that girl so she could see me. I have placed you in that hospital. It's no accident that this person just happened to come and sit in your chair to get their hair done. No, I sat them there to be a captive audience to hear about me. You thought he just wanted to bless you, and he does want to bless you, but it's for him to get the glory. I challenge you this week that in your prayer time, and I'm saying in your prayer time, because if you don't already have a prayer time, I am introducing you to the fact that you have to have a prayer time, that you sit with God and say, God, give me my instruction for today. God, let me fall in line with your agenda and your plan today because somebody needs you and it's my job to introduce them. God, give me opportunities. Give me strategy. Give me translation. God, so I can speak you in their language. Because let's keep it honest. The world don't want to hear the scripture. They don't understand it anyway. So I'm not called to just sit and quote scripture to you. I'm called to live scripture before you. Yes, we are called to be a peculiar people, but it's not because we're weird. It's because they can't understand the light that we live in. They can't understand this thing that wells up in us. That's what makes us peculiar, but it should also make them attracted and want to know what is it about you that makes you so different. It's a life of discipleship. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.